This is the Fitness Boot Camp Inner Circle Podcast with Georgette Pan and Jesse Stoddard. All right, we're back and excited for another episode here. And um, Georgette, how are you doing? How's your week? We we haven't had a, a, a hello in a couple of days, have we? We've been no, busy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've had a couple episodes with interviews, and I, I'm actually uh, excited just to have you and I chatting again. I don't know about you. But, yeah, uh, although I enjoyed the interviews. They were very, very good shows. Yeah, they were. I agree. Um, so I actually wanted to start off with just a quick story, and then we can uh, we can go whatever direction you want today. But um, my story is from this weekend. I had... Um, I had a coaching call Friday, and I and I actually spent the weekend uh, away. Um, I went to a resort in our area called Sincadia, um, and we did a you know kind of like a a retreat with um, uh, some business partners and whatnot. And um, some of the people that were there at this little event that we had uh, were trainers, and so I ended up just talking to them about their businesses, and one of them had a, she said, oh, I teach fitness classes. And so I, I kept, I had to ask her, well, what does that mean exactly? What are you teaching? And it turns out she teaches boot camp, but she does <laughs> it at a, at a big gym. And so she's almost not even, you know, she, she was really curious about what we do. And oh, she wow. started asking because she lives in that world of the big box club, you know, where she, she basically, uh, she's a social studies teacher by day, and uh-huh. then, but her heart is in fitness. That's wild. So, yeah. So she yeah, about, teaches it. Go ahead. I said, how about that for a coincidence of meeting up with her? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she lives in California. And yeah. uh, she would happen to be, you know, she's a friend of a friend and came to this retreat. And so um, I was asking her, you know, what, what do you, you know, how does it work and how, how are you doing? And she says she loves it. She wishes she could do it all the time, but okay. there's not much money in it. And so... <laughs> Uh, it come, you know, I, I come to find out that the reason there's not much money in it is because she's doing that, you know, she's working for a big gym and basically they don't pay her very much. And, you know, she, her classes are successful and she's good at what she does, but they just don't pay her very much. So, um, you know, that's not, it's not her business. It's their business. And, um, uh, then the, uh, there's another gal who her friend was a Pilates instructor and, uh, she had gone through, um, you know, some turbulent times where she had moved, she had quit her job in pharmaceutical sales to go pursue Pilates because she just needed more, wanted more out of life and wasn't really happy where she was. And she moved out to a different area and a friend had a studio and was expanding and, and hired her to kind of be the manager and the main instructor. And, and, uh, then, then that the owner there didn't, you know, didn't quite, you know, fulfill all of her end of the bargain. And so this, this gal left, went back home and just started teaching in a different private studio. Uh, and they, they're kind of giving her free reign to do what she wants. And she's thinking of getting her own or expanding it. And then a third guy I ran into is a one-on-one personal trainer. And he actually works with another one-on-one personal trainer doing training out of their basement. So the one gal, this gal has a basement studio gym she made, and then this other trainer, uh, he's not an employee, he just pays a little portion of what he makes, 
but he gets to use their space that they made, and they do all one-on-one training all day long. And so it was really fascinating to get them all at the same table and start talking about the fitness industry and where it's gone and where it's going. And they just, you know, I threw some ideas out there about, you know, group training and, you know, the, you know, the, the freedom that, that I have. And they were just, their eyes, you should have seen their eyes were like as white as saucers, you know, like what you can actually make a living, you know, <laughs> then the one that was the furthest along surprising, well, it shouldn't be a big surprise, but it was the Pilates instructor because she actually was in there a little bit, you know, that's a very different niche and they have, yeah. and, and the reason, and I pointed it out to everybody and said, look, she's doing better than you guys in a way. And I, I didn't say that in a mean way, you know, but she's doing really well is what I said, because she has a niche and they charge more and the clients are willingly paying more because it's specialized type of service and the people that love it really love it. And there is some equipment involved though. The Pilates, um, you know, all that, all that reformer stuff they have is pretty expensive. I mean, it's, it's expensive stuff, but you only need a couple of them and then you're, you're, you're set up in business. So she, she had gone through the process of learning how the business works. She was currently working for somebody else, but, you know, still made, you know, a good amount of money teaching these group classes. And so I pointed out to the trainers, what's the difference between what she does and what you guys do? You know, one of you is doing all one-on-one and that's all you know. And the other one's doing a big group, but you're doing it kind of for bargain basement prices at a big gym where people don't treat it seriously. And the difference is huge. And it's just, George, it was so funny. I was thinking about all the stuff we've been talking about and how most trainers out there and in fitness enthusiasts that are like interested in becoming trainers, they really don't have a clue about business at all. They really no. don't. I mean, the vast majority, it's like, I would say 95% don't have a clue. And I sat down with the one-on-one trainer and I said, look, how much do you charge? And he was charging like $40 and that's fine. I said, that's great. He said, yeah, I used to charge 20. I said, that's wonderful. You know, but why are you, why are, why, why don't you raise your prices again? Why, why are you only charging that for one-on-one private coaching? And he's, he's really a big guy, very tall and very big, you know, like, uh, you know, impressive, you know, big muscle, bodybuilder body I was like this guy could you know he could attract a lot of people that want to have a body like his you know and and do the bodybuilding thing and and uh people his clients love him you know he says the average client stays with him at least six months which I said was pretty good you know and um one-on-one training but I said you look he said he said yeah I just want to do one-on-one training maybe I'll do the group thing I don't know I, I just don't know anything different I said look how much do you make and we did the math on the hourly I said, how many, you know, uh, how many sessions could you do in a day? He said, well, if I do five, it feels like eight hours, you know, because it's a lot of energy expenditure. And I said, yeah, the time, in the time that you work basically eight hours, uh, we, in the boot camp world, or in larger or small group training, we've already made the same amount of money by 6.30 a.m., you know? (laughs) So like 5.30, I roll out of bed, go and do a boot camp and make the same amount of money in one hour that he makes all day. And I, when I said that to him, he was just like his jaw hit the floor. <laughs> you know, he's like, what? <laughs> it's not fair. And I said, yes, it's not fair. But what's not fair is that you didn't know that until now. <laughs> or that's what I was thinking anyway. <laughs> um, I, guess, so I guess he's not really on the Internet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I'm gonna actually hopefully he'll listen to this podcast because I think uh, I, I think I interested him in checking out what we're doing. But 
anyway, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. And what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, kind of see where this goes, but I kind of wanted to talk about the state of the industry or the state of the, the fitness world a little bit more and, and boot camps, but also personal one-on-one training. And I, I don't know if you run in, you run into a lot of different trainers, Georgia. What kinds of things do you see out there? What What are their, you know, where do you think they're all at? Do you think most of them are already know all this stuff, or are we really this little tiny niche, and it's really a relatively small number of people that even really get it? Yeah, I I I I seeing that more and more because I'm trying to. I I think that everybody's on the internet, you know, and the small little internet community that we really do have. I mean, now with Facebook, okay, it's a little bit bigger, but um. Not not all the trainers, you know, are on the internet. If you actually pay attention, it's the same old, it's the same old, same old trainer. You know what I mean? That are either yeah. post or have the newsletters, or it's the same old, same old. So, yeah, while it may be, you know, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand even will go as far as to say that's only that's nowhere near the total amount of trainers in the United States alone. I'm talking, you know. We're talking about, you know, worldwide. So when I look at the Internet, I'm thinking that that's, you know, sometimes I get confused too, you know, or misled, that that's, that's almost everybody. No, it's actually probably the opposite of that. We're seeing a small section of the, you know, in, entire personal training, fitness professional world. It's a small slice. So not everybody is on the internet. Not everybody knows about ClickBank. Not everybody knows about boot camps. You know, they just don't. You know, there's there's so many more trainers like you just pointed out that really aren't seeing, um, are aren't finding this information for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe they're not look, looking for it. Maybe it's not really they're not reading the industry magazines. Maybe, you know, you know, they're not getting uh, 10,000 email newsletters, you know, <laughs> you know, or they're on Facebook. But my point is it's a small, it's a small slice. And sometimes I even think like, oh, that, that, that's everybody. <laughs> or mostly, mostly all the trainers are on, on Facebook. No, and even if they are, they're really not totally, you know, paying attention to everything they're doing, they're trying to get clients or just doing the Facebook thing, whatever that is. But um, interesting enough, it's not, it's only a small slice of the, you know, personal trainers that are out there in the trenches, you know, <clears throat> where we're thinking, well, they must all be on Facebook, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, they're not. And, and even if they are, they're not really paying attention to the business aspect and the marketing aspect or even, you know, all their options that are that are open, which, speaking of Facebook, that actually might change because they're going to start charging come November, <coughs> you know, $3 a month per member or whatever. So what? You watch I didn't Facebook. know that. I did yeah, not know. I just found that out yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, you know, and you watch that even go down after that because, you know, well, people aren't going to pay. You know, that's that. And, um, you know, other people have families. And you have five kids on Facebook, right? <laughs> Plus you. Right. But um, that's a side note. 
But anyway, they're supposed to be starting to, to charge for that. And I think that's going to, that's not going to go over big. So, yeah. you know, the online world is constantly fluctuating, but we think, you know, every, but the, to sum it all up, we think all the trainers are online because we're online, but they're not. You know, they're out there, you know, doing their thing, you know, working. Or, <laughs> or they're on, maybe also some of them might be online, but they're not paying attention to the fitness business side of things. Maybe they just yeah. don't care. They're not spending a lot of time in this area. Or, or they just watch exercise videos, you know. They just right, go to the, the, the websites that have to do with workouts. Well, right. They could just go to YouTube and start, you know. Googling or, or YouTube searching for for some information, but I don't really think they're on you know a lot of the newsletters or they're on them for a little while or you know I honestly don't think they're looking at the business stuff at all, you know some of them I'm saying, and maybe even the majority actually when you think about it when you think about how many trainers there are in the United States alone, and you know you keep seeing the same old same old people online. Even though that's a you know, even though it may be you know, a hundred thousand <laughs> trainers, that's a drop in the bucket. Going to nine million or ten million in the United States. What about the UK? What about Australia? What about New Zealand? Big Canada, big you know for training. So, you know, it's really a drop in the bucket of, of the people who know maybe the, the resources that are out there. I mean, I've had a newsletter since 2000, you... so I know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same old. So what were you going to say? Where do you, I was just going to ask you, where do you think, you know, uh, where do you think the industry's going? Where do you, uh, where do you think, um, we had a big, long discussion this weekend about big gyms and medium-sized gyms and all of the franchises and the, the you know, the, the how fitness is changing. And we were right. talking about how personal training is changing and you know, the different yeah. kinds of trainers, how people enter the industry. There's a ton of people entering the industry, too, and they're entering through a lot of times the big box clubs or they're entering through some other way. It's it's really getting diverse. And then you've got CrossFit and Zumba right. and all these new, you know, different things going on. It's it's crazy. It seems really crazy. What it do you think is happening? Yeah, and it's kind of hard to predict. And I just see so many articles and, you know, I have so many of them. I belong to every single magazine in the industry, I think, aside from being on everybody's, you know, business and marketing and fitness business newsletter. And that's not necessarily where the trends lie. But the magazines and what I'm seeing online that indicates things sometimes. I still saw as early as the today, this morning, an article with the hook, marketing hook of our boot camps dying. You know, and um I I get I don't know why that aggravates me, but it, it kind of boils me. Because I know what they're doing. I know it's a marketing thing, like, you know, to get attention. Our boot camps dying to get you to read right. the article. But on the other side of that coin goes on to say how, you know, boot camps kind of are dying, but really, they're not, you know. Like, there's no indication that they're dying any more today than they were in 2007 or eight. You know what I mean? Right. There's no statistics backing that up. Actually, there's probably more, uh, hundreds of thousands of more boot camps than there were 
it's probably doubled or tripled. And it's not necessarily a trend. You know what I mean? Uh, we've already proven that it's not a trend. So that kind of got me that we're still trying to hit that angle. But as far as where I think that I see it going, like I do see all this, you know, the, you know, the CrossFit trend being being big. But I'm not going to go there right now. But, you know, I'm just seeing that a lot of it is going towards the group, you know, whether it be group personal training, small group. Um, I think of boot camp sometimes, a small boot camp as that sometimes, you know, depending on your programming. But, um, you know, so I kind of think the groups are here to stay, whether you say small group, personal training, or boot camp. I, I think that they've already proven that they're here to stay. It's not like, you know, it's waned or faded off. Another thing I think might come down the pike, and don't ask me why I think this, but I think the leaning towards uh, coaching in the sense of health coaching, uh, not so much. I'm, in, I'm taking in the full picture, if you follow me. So in other words, yeah. they're not just come for you to a, for a workout. They're going to come to you for a co- coaching. And this is my opinion based on whatever, <laughs> intuition and, and knowledge, I guess, the combination. But it's, I'm seeing it as maybe more of a, a full package, one-stop health shop type of coaching with nutrition mm-hmm. style coaching. I think that if it's not, if the industry isn't going that way, perhaps it should because I think that's, I think it's actually a great idea. It's a good way to go because, you know, so now you would be charging, you know, a coach, coaching fee, but you would be doing a lot, you know, more. You know, must be doing things that you're already doing, um, kind of like counseling during the session. You know, you become a counselor, you become a nutrition uh, advisor. You, you're doing all these things anyway. Right. You know, what supplements right. should I not take or, <laughs> or take? So you're right. kind of doing all of that, but I think, you know, it would be a good idea to go more towards the health coaching or health, uh, you know, a, for a lifestyle rather than these, you know, quick fixes. Does that mean I think one-on-one training is dead <laughs> with that dead phrase again? No, you know, I don't. Because there's a time and a place for that. And 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 some yeah. people only want that. And some people only need that because if you're, training for a specific event, you name it, whatever the event is, I would go for one-on-one training, and I have. <laughs> Even as a trainer, I've done it. If I wanted special help to compete in a bodybuilding show or to do an event of some sort, then I, I hire a trainer myself. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny, uh, even on this weekend, uh, you know, and I when I was mentioning the, the one-on-one trainer that I was – you know, talking to, I, I didn't mean to, um, you know, belittle what he's doing. He's actually amazing at what he does. Um, and I think it's, I think he should keep doing it, but it was more for, for me, it was just like, Hey, have you ever even thought of all your options? And that's kind of how I presented it. Like, you know what all your options are. And at the same time, the gal that he works with, you know, he worked with another gal where they were working in the basement and uh, she was there too. 
And at the same time, she was uh, training an, another gal. Um, they were getting up early and going out on runs and working out and stuff because one of them had a, a fitness competition coming up in a week. And right. um, she was being trained. She's basically a trainer and a group fitness instructor, and she's being trained by another trainer. And I thought, well, everybody needs a coach, just like you're saying. I mean, it's even if it's not about you know, whether or not you know what you're doing, everybody needs a coach. And heck, just the other day I was at a networking function and a guy turned to me, a mortgage guy who's a friend, and, and he's he, he's being honest, you know, brutally honest, but he says, you know, I still don't understand why anyone would even want a personal trainer. What's the whole point? You know, it's an entire industry, uh, you know, created around the, the idea of eat less, exercise more, you know. <laughs> and I joked with him. I said, yeah, I can't figure it out why people want to pay me a lot of money either to, to work them out. You know, I was just joking with him, but, you know, it kind of almost offended me. It almost made me want to, like, lash out. But and I reasoned with him, and I used an analogy of like anything else, any other service. You, you know, who needs a mortgage broker? You could just go online and check rates yourself or something. And the truth <laughs> is, is that there's always a need for personal service. There's always a need for customization and individualization in any industry, any any line of work. You know, um, right. there's always a do-it-yourselfer who's going to install their own electrical system in their home, and then there's going to be somebody else that just hires an electrician. And then there's going to be someone who hires the best electrician because they really want it done right, you know. So, I mean, there's always room for different types of consumers. Right, and, but see, and he didn't get it. You know, he, he looks at exercise as you go, you sweat, you pump some iron, you leave. There's no science. There's no, you know, there's no art or science to it. It's just that you either do it or you don't. And if you don't, you're an idiot. And if you do, it's easy. And no one should pay more than 19 bucks a month for a gym membership. And who needs a trainer? Well, that was his point of view. So I totally see what you're talking about with coaching. I mean, he's right. limited. He's not even in that good a shape anyway. You know, no offense to you if you're listening. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's always room for improvement, and everybody can use a coach. So I love what you're saying about that. I love that idea of, of being more of a consultant. And tell me more well, about right. what your thoughts are on that, what you're doing. Right, because more of the industry, which should be uh, probably leaning towards, is you know, preventative when we're talking about health. You know what I mean? We're not talking about, um, like, in other words, having doctor referrals, medical, you know, uh, the medical side of it, which we don't really get into that much. It's just start, well, some some are online. I have seen, you know, some going that way, and I think it's, it's a real, you know, awesome idea, but, I mean, doctors could be referring to and do, actually, not can be, refer to personal trainers because that is far, far from their expertise. And they'll be the first to tell you they didn't have, they don't have a clue about nutrition, you know. Yeah. And my doctor said we, we barely touched on that in school. You know, she had told me. So, I mean, so as far as, you know, how, then how do you, how would a doctor actually help you know, somebody without referring them to anyone else. But if they don't have nutrition and they don't have fitness background and they don't have, you know, cardiac rehab background or they don't have, you know, uh, precisely what to do background, just like they would refer to a physical therapist. They obviously know you have an, an injury, <laughs> but, you know, do they know what to do to to uh, rehab that injury? 
Well, if they did, there would be no physical therapist, right? But obviously they don't. So the same thing goes for pre-diabetic, blood pressure, cholesterol, or any other health condition where, you know, fitness would be either part of the, I'm not going to say cure, but part of the, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Part of the regimen. Yeah, part of the solution, but I was looking for the medical word, but I can't think of it. Part of, you know, their plan, (laughs) recovery plan, you know, to put it into a part of the of the equation. If you have high blood pressure, uh, high uh, blood sugar, or low blood sugar, aside from a pill, what's the only what's the only other way to control it? Nutrition, diet, right. exercise. Okay, so if they're going to be, you know, obviously they could refer to that. So when somebody says, "What's you know, what do you need a physical? What do you need a physical therapist for?" What do you need a massage therapist for? You could roll around on a foam roller. I don't know. You know, what do you need a personal trainer for? Well, it depends on your definition of a personal trainer. If you think of somebody who counts reps, then you probably don't need one. You could count your own reps. (laughs) You know, but if you're looking at health picture, you know, somebody who's going to give you um, nutrition advice, um, exercise advice that's you know, within your realm. So not everybody is 20 and healthy. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody is in there. You know, you can join a gym and go do your own thing. Yeah, I've done that. I went and joined the gym and did my own thing, put my own workouts together and blah, 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 and did it. But when I wanted uh, professional advice, you know, and I wanted to take it a step further, I got... Uh, a trainer. When I wanted somebody to push me or stop me because I was doing too much, I went and got a personal trainer. You know what I mean? I went, I got a fitness professional. So that's why I think that coming down the pike is going to be the link between the personal trainer and the health professional, meaning doctor, in, in, and in between, just like there's post-rehab. What does post-rehab mean? It means my my insurance is no longer paying for my rehab, but my shoulder's <laughs> not back to normal yet. Where do I go? You go to somebody who know a personal trainer slash fitness professional who knows post-rehab. Or, you know, I, you know what I mean? So they would at least be able to get your shoulder back to you know, the strength and flexibility or range of motion back to where it was or as close as possible and inc- increase your function. So, you know, the elderly population, the same thing. You know, and, you know, you want to increase your daily, your ADLs as they're called, right? So like your functionality. No, not like I said, this guy is probably young and, and in shape. And, yeah, sooner or later that goes, though. Like, sooner or later that goes. There's either going to be yep. a knee injury, a shoulder injury, or blah, 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 and, you know, or something else. And then what? The doctor is not going to believe me. I've had 20,000 shoulder injuries and, and you know, shots. And If I had three arms, I'd have three shoulders, bad shoulders. But they are not going to 
do anything except do that. Give you the shot. Tell you to go to physical therapy, and then that's it. Then what do you do? Stop exercising because it hurts, or only exercise within a certain range, or whatever. So sooner or later, that comes to an end. Is my point. And then what do you do? Or my knee hurts, and I can no longer X. So and it isn't just that. It's the whole picture. Like I said, it's the nutrition. It's the healthy lifestyle rather than, you know, working out at the gym and then go suck down six beers. Well, you just erased that, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah. You, kinda, you said something kind of profound, you know, where even you, Georgette, you've even got went and gotten a trainer at, at certain points, and it's like, well, what does that say about the average person? You know, it's kind of like a doctor going to another doctor. I mean, if you're a doctor well, and you need surgery, you're not <laughs> I think do most of them would. Yourself. Right, you're no. not going to go to yourself. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and you know, because sometimes you're not a skilled in every single aspect to get into a bodybuilding show. Take somebody who's had that experience and who's trained a lot of people to do that. Have, did I have that at that point? No, number one. And number two, I am not the one to train myself, just like the doctor is not the one to operate on himself. He's not, you know, I am not the one to train myself for a bodybuilding show. didn't have, A, a all the knowledge. But let's just say I had almost all of the knowledge. I still wouldn't do it because I need somebody to keep me accountable, to show, you know, to, to help troubleshoot, I need somebody to go to for that. And I did hire the best around the world. <laughs> and, you know, and, and somebody locally. But I took extra help outside of that, you know, and that paid off, actually. Actually, the last person to help me was John Benson. One of the last ones, because I got into the... Um, wasn't the first one to help me because I did a show before that and then I you know had rebounded okay all right now what do I do rebounding means gain all that weight back and now I can't lose it you know what I mean or get down to do another lose it in the sense that I can't get down to do another show what do I do no diet is working no blah 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 is working oh what do you mean you're a trainer right what are you talking about well, I'm talking about getting to the levels of body fat that gets you in a bodybuilding show. I'm not talking about walking down the street, you know, in a normal size clothes. So I did hook up with uh, Tom Venuto, who hooked me up with John Benson. And he, we worked for a year, or at least a year, and I did get into the show, which also landed me in his book, Fit Over 40. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that story. <laughs> How do we get to that story? But anyway, the point of that was, did I, did I say? Well, I don't even know if I was a, if I was a trainer at that time. If I just started, I know I was physical therapy and working in physical therapy, but I'm not sure if I was certified yet when I was working with John Benson. I might have been, I might have just been. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I wasn't going to be training myself. I need, I need somebody to do troubleshoot with this stuff because why the rebound a lot of bodybuilders rebound like that you know why this why what's going on here what can we do what can we not do <laughs> and i'm kind of i was kind of shy right. shyer back then too because you know i didn't really 
didn't know John, but I got to know him. And um, I still was kind of quiet. But, you know, I needed his coaching and his troubleshooting and his help to get to the show that I actually did really well in in York. York, Pennsylvania was. And um, he was uh, like a coach. He wasn't just somebody who gave me a workout (laughs) and threw me a diet and said, go for it. It was coaching. There were so many changes to the diet, it wasn't even funny, you know, as we went along. There was so many, there was changes to the workouts. There was coaching for my mindset, which is a part we didn't talk about, right? The mindset, which is a big part of, obviously, coaching, right? (laughs) But, you know, I'm down, I'm up, my father passed away. You know, John relating, you know, I had a hard time after my father passed away. My body reacted in this kind of way, in that kind of way. I remember that till this day. So it was, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. There actually is a physiological response to trauma, to loss, to this, to that. Oh, okay. You know, so do I? Did I think that? Oh, I'm a I'm a PT, <laughs> and and I'm a personal trainer. Um, you know, I'm not going to go seek help. It was about as dumb as a doctor not going to another doctor, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny when you're bringing this up. It, it makes me remember sometimes all of us, even those those that are reading all of these newsletters and staying abreast on all the news stuff and reading all the periodicals from the fitness industry, sometimes you right. got to get back to some basic things. And I think any personal trainer listening to this right now, uh, could right. learn a lot. I don't. I, I think if you're listening to this, don't overlook what Georgette's talking about. You know, because it's not technical; it's basic. But the, sometimes you need the fundamentals. I mean, I I used to have, and I still have on on a website somewhere uh, the top ten reasons to hire a personal trainer. And I think it was taken right. from an article that you know the okay. Ace put out or something. And yeah, probably, yeah. And I, uh, I, 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 yeah, yeah. And there there was ten things, and and. They still are relevant today, no matter whether you're doing boot camps or you're doing large group, small group, one-on-one or something else. I mean, and, and I remember, you know, motivation's one of them. Right. Uh, everybody needs help. You know, personal trainers wear a lot of hats, and they're not just a coach, but they're also an educator, a confidant. You know, like you're right. talking about a role model, a major source right. of motivation and encouragement. The second reason is consistency, because almost, right. I don't know, one never... I've met very, very few people. I mean, maybe it's less than 5% of the population at best who right. stick with their program. I mean, sure. just scheduling regular appointments with a trainer helps helps you eliminate any excuse you, you, you can come up with for not exercising. So right. and those first two, motivation and consistency, those are two things that right there, if you're a trainer listening to this, you need to get used to talking about because clients are like, ah, what's, the, what's the purpose of paying you a bunch of money? Well, number one is motivation. Number two is consistency. And everybody needs those two things right there. And there's uh, eight other reasons. But <laughs> those are just the first two. You know? Yeah, right. And they're and, not even the most they're, – they're, they're all important. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of other ones that are, you know, pretty much like right up there are bigger uh, reasons, yeah. you know. Safety, That's, number three is safety. You know, if, yeah. if you if – you, uh, you might even know how to use the chest press machine – at the gym or how to perform walking lunges without hurting your knees, but maybe you don't, or maybe you're not even seeing 
you know, having an outside perspective fixes your form. A personal trainer is going to show you how to do it safely, you know, including what ones to, to exercise to avoid if you've got a certain injury, you know, instruct you on the proper and safe use of, of the equipment if you're using equipment. I mean, form and technique, even if you already know it, somebody else can look at you and go, well, you're, you're not really doing that very well. You, or you can improve it by, you know, changing this little detail and all of a sudden it becomes better for you. And just it's safer, less likely to injure yourself. I mean, uh, right. and then you know, the, uh, the programming in itself. I mean, people, you don't go in there and just, you know, go through 12 machines, hop on a treadmill and, and leave. I mean, you can do that. But, I mean, if you're looking for some, you know, decent or uh, intelligent programming, you wouldn't just hop on 12 machines, you know, and walk on the treadmill and leave. You know, yeah, you exercise, but I'm looking I'm looking for more. You know, when I look for something in fitness, I'm looking for somebody who knows what they're doing, who has a, you know, a sound programming <laughs> that they're not just, you know, Anybody could write ten exercises on a piece of paper and give and hand them to somebody. That's not programming. That's not progression. That's not you know anything. Actually, it's not even any help in whether you're even performing anything. But take that all out of there. Let's just say you know here's twelve exercises. Go do them. When you're done, do them again. When you're done, do them again. You just did three circuits. But where are we going from there? Are you going to do that for a month? So that's what I mean. There's no programming knowledge. There's no there's no real knowledge at all about how to train and how to work out. It isn't just walk in the gym, sit on the leg, you know, sit on the leg extension, do the leg curl, do the leg press, and then, you know, and go round and round and round and round. Well, I would have never been in a bodybuilding show had that been what I'd done, you know. There's There's programming knowledge as well. That's why you go to somebody, because they're an expert in their field. But can I get off a tangent just for one second with that, about the expert in the field? I just want to say, just from being online and Facebook, you don't see this in any other profession. And there's what I kind of see as one of the maybe downfalls of the fitness industry is there is a lot of I-know-it-all-itis. And there, you know... Don't, no, that's wrong, this is right, that's wrong, this is right. Don't do that exercise. These three exercises will get you skinny. Those four will make you fat. Don't do body weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's too much of, like, you don't know what you're talking about. There's no science behind that. And there's too, I don't see that in any other industry to the extent that it is in the fitness industry, the bashing of wow. other doctors. You don't see bad lawyers bashing other lawyers and doctors bashing other doctors and nurses. You don't even know who the nurses are. Nurses bashing other nurses. That nurse doesn't know shit. She doesn't put, you know, do this, 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 this. Nobody. I do never see that. But in the industry, on Facebook alone, you would see it. This trainer doesn't know what he's talking about. Your trainer doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, does that mean that everybody in the industry knows what they're doing? No. And does that mean that every nurse knows what they're doing? No. But you don't see the bashing is the point. You don't see the – I have never seen it in – for one, the nursing industry. I've never seen it in the in the doctor industry. That doesn't mean all doctors agree. <laughs> we all know that. That doesn't happen. But 
what I'm saying is there isn't this immature type of bashing online, you know, like my way or the highway, and, you know, they know crap, and I know it all. And that's why I think that it's hard for, you know, the industry to come up a peg where it needs to, where it needs to be. Because there's too much of that. You know, and, and let's use this as a let's use this as a springboard. This was a really good transition, Georgette. So with the remaining time we have, why don't we talk about this? Where do you think what what where do you think what li- what lies ahead for personal trainers in the fitness industry? Like if you had to make some predictions, I, I think this is fun. I, I don't want to put us on the spot too bad because you know, whenever you predict it's like I know we don't have a crystal ball and there's like trying to predict what the stock market's going to do, but just like maybe some thoughts about that. You know, where where do you think some things are going? Where do you think boot camps are going? If boot camps aren't dying, where where do you think they're going? And where do you think personal training is going as an industry? Um, you know, what what lies ahead for for all of these trainers out there that are trying to make a buck? And you know, they might be concerned with you know their future. And what do you think? What are some of the things you trends you think might be coming down the pike? Or just any of your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I actually kind of, and I already alluded to it, I, I do think it's going more towards the the health. Well, let me say, I think, I hope, maybe I, maybe it's more like I hope, but then I think, but I do see it somewhat going that way, but I'm I'm even hoping more that it goes that way, that they're going to, that the the trainer would be the, the link between the, the health care or the doctor and, you know, and us as men, the people, right? So they'd kind of be more of more utilized as the in, the in between, not such as the therapist would be used for their specific thing, you know, injury. I think the trainer can be used as you know the the link, the you know the the go between link for. Uh, pre- not only preventative uh, diseases, preventing preventing diseases, but also for managing and improving <laughs> some of the statistics. Because because why? Because they already do. Because we know that our blood pressures, you know, lower with exercise. Our you know, blood sugar is more stable with exercise. Cholesterol has been lowered with exercises. I've had clients. You've had them. We all had them. That that's happened. Your arthritis feels better within because if the therapist knows, I mean the therapist, if the trainer knows what they're doing, right? They're not giving, they're not having you squat with a barbell on your back when you back when you have osteoporosis. If they know what they're doing, your conditions can improve, or at, at, at worst, not get not get worse. <laughs> so there's a link and the preventative link. So that's the way I. Hope it goes, <laughs> and I kind of see it maybe leaning that way because more of the overall coaching rather than you know shoot me in a workout, will you shoot me a workout and shoot me a diet? <laughs> you know that's you know what should I do to lose twenty pounds? How the hell do I know? You, I, I don't know anything about you. You have to do a whole assessment. You know you get the questions online. We what can I do? To lose weight. Okay, my God, where do I start? So you'd have to have an assessment of some. So I think that that's where I see it going. I'm, like I said, I don't, I'm not sure if it's more of my 
if it's a little bit of intuition and a lot of hope. <laughs> but I do see that coaching stuff coming into play. And what I like to see a lot less is that other stuff, you know, that, you know, he sucks, that's the stupidest training I've ever seen. That's the stuff I'd like to see less of because the bashing online really is is not going to do much for the industry. In fact, actually, you know and I know, it will do negative stuff for the industry. It's not right. professional. Right. You know, it's not. So, we, you know, if we keep, if we keep, if you're talking about the professional, you're always going to have it, I guess. Nobody's going to, it's not going to dissipate totally. But I'm saying if we keep it as professional, like physical therapy, you have to be licensed. I don't know. What's such a bad idea about having a licensing? Oh, that's another can of worms, right? We can help it. But what's so what's so bad about that? Go take a test and be licensed. Okay, you're training for 25 years, 30 years. Okay, we'll grandfather you in. We did it in physical therapy. We grandfathered some people in that were already therapists. But what's wrong with getting a license? I had to go take a test and, and be licensed. That would That would get rid of people who are rep counters, or not certified and teaching. Right. Right? So, there's, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. I think people who are in the industry so, so long should be grandfathered in, you know. But I don't know. I also might see that trend coming down the pike one day. Maybe. So well, like, yeah, that we would need to be licensed. Right. Yeah, that, that, that might be a change. Yeah, it it might happen. It's been it's been hotly <laughs> debated. Well, right, and, and, and the world of nutrition collides with it too. I mean, you've got a lot of people. A lot of the schools now are are having instead of just one certification, all of them have twenty seven now. So you get one, and it, you know, one of them only qualifies you to train people in a gym setting with weights, and the next one is for group and. Another certification for you know nutrition and another certification for this and that. Pretty soon, uh, you know that that I, I have mixed feelings on that. I think that's cool. You know the whole concept of specialization happens in all fields. Oh, and I think specialization that's and certification yeah. are two different things. Nobody's exactly, certified but... in dumbbells. So are you certified in dumbbells? I'm not. So <laughs> no. in, so what do you, you know what I mean? Education and is one thing. Certification is another. I don't need a right. You know, go take a class, but you don't need it to be a certification. Right. <laughs> you know? Good. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that I have mixed feelings. I feel like the certification companies are just finding clever ways to make more money off of this, you know? So, <laughs> and well, you that's know, you why need I. 27 certifications. Right, and that's why I said that. Because, and, and you know what? It's okay. You could call it what you want to call it, but it really isn't anything more. Then, of course, how to properly use an X, whether it be a sandbag, whether it be a kettlebell, whether it be a dumbbell, whether it be a ball, whether it be whatever. But it doesn't have to be a required certification. I mean, if right. it, and of course, you're, you know, I mean, you should take it as a class is what I'm saying. There's a distinction between education, you know, to, to learn how to do some kind of programming with a with a certain tool that you you've never seen before, and a certification. When I don't even know what's the difference, except obviously we're paying you now more money for a piece of paper, and no CEUs, 
for, you know, for a certification and something, when all you're just saying is, I'm going to teach you how to use this tool, this new piece of equipment. But it never used to happen before. Like I said, nobody ever had dumbbell certifications. Nobody had machine certifications. They just learned how to use them. <laughs> I learned how to use the Nautilus machines. When they first came out, I was a Nautilus instructor. They were the hardest thing in the world. They were the newest thing, the hardest thing. You learned how to use them. I didn't get a Nautilus certification. Right, you see my right. point? Yes, yeah, funny. <laughs> right. Now let's uh, let's get back to the thing you brought up really early in the call, which was what do you how do you feel about this fitness boot camps are dead? What, what, yeah, what's your I, reaction to that? Yeah, well, I, my reaction is that was a, a marketing technique to get me to read the article. A, <laughs> B, yeah. they're not dead. You know what I mean? Obviously, they're not dead because number one, the person was <laughs> well, the person that even wrote the article was a. You know, somebody who was <laughs> promoting boot camps. So, right. you know, okay, so we know that was a marketing ploy. But the point is, they're not dead. But, but I do see a change in, with the growing of group, small group training, that, you know, people get a little bit confused. There's an over, an overlap. The programming is different. The size of the class is different. And some, you know, in a lot of aspects, boot camps are mostly known for being large, you know, large groups. But that's not always the case. It'll be small groups. But um, it's the type of program that's done. Maybe that changes the game a little bit or the the name. Um, But I don't see them being anywhere near done. In fact, they're really still popular. Boot camp style workouts are popular. Um. I, I, I don't see it going anywhere. It hasn't been going anywhere. I was asked this question in PFP Magazine in 2008 or nine. <laughs> you know, do you see boot camp? Okay, it's 14. How many years do we need before you decide that it's no longer a fad? You know, it was... <laughs> I, I Really, I was, you know, it was part of an interview in uh, PFP Magazine with two other people. I can't remember. One was uh, Steve Hackman at the time when he was in the, and somebody else, and I can't even remember who the, somebody else is. But it was, you know, it wasn't, they weren't dying then. <laughs> in fact, they were just kind of, take, they were really taken off then. But, you know, that was in the heat of the growth of them, actually. That was when they were at their highest. Does everything stay, you know, status quo all the time? Well, of course not. Sometimes things get over, you know, saturated. No different than the gyms. I see more, you know, the gym industry. I see more gyms going out of business and selling and this and that, you know, than I do boot camps, <laughs> you know. So it's no right. different than any other business, than any other fitness business, than any other business. It's just, you know, does everybody make it who starts a boot camp? That's not the same question. No, mm. and not everybody who opens a gym makes it. That's not the same question. You're asking me if they're dying. No, they're not dying. <laughs> well, so-and-so didn't make it. Well, that doesn't mean they're dying. That means his didn't make it. Just like gold went out of business across the street from my, my studio. <laughs> Does that mean gold is dying? I don't think so, but, 
you know, that one didn't make it. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it, it gets saturated. And here's why some of the problems come in is because, like you said, when in the very beginning of the conversation, nobody knows about the business aspect of running a boot camp. You don't just show up at the park with ten people and start exercising. You know, it. You know, it's the, yeah. the business knowledge of the of the trainer and actually running a boot camp as a business. So, you know, that's where some of the problems come in, if not all. Right? The, you know, rent was too high. Oh, right? Yeah. Well, we we've got a huge and expanding market. There's more right. and more people aware of health. There's more and more people. There's the baby boomer generation, but there's also the younger generations that are growing up, you know, being taught that they need to be fit. So we've got a growing market. There's a right. there's a growing demand for, and then I agree with you about the personal services. I think that's where the industry is going, is that more and more people want quality. They're tired of, of being, uh, you know, um, sold a bill of goods, going to the big box club and being sold like a used car lot. They're tired of memberships that they pay for and they don't use. And they're tired of, you know, rep counting trainers if, you know, if they get a trainer. Or most of them are tired of trying to figure it out on their own, and they never do, and they know it. Um, and they want personalized service. I think more people want it. They, I think they want something that's more personal, more custom, more individual. And yet... Uh, you know, what the boot camp does is it'll, it, and, and group training in general, allows right. for a lower price point. So it allows for a greater segment of the market to be able to afford something that's like personal training. It may not be private personal training one-on-one, but maybe it's a small group, private group, uh, boot camp, CrossFit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think that because of the two things, the growing market, and then the second thing is people's desire to get quality, you know, through individualized instruction of some kind. Um, right. I think that it's that, that you you hit the nail on the head. I think we're going in a really good direction. And and then the last thing you said, which was really fascinating, what's the big problem? Well, not enough trainers have any business education. So and right. that's the, the if it looks like it's failing, it's probably more because of that, not because of the market, not because of the demand. I think it's more because a trainer walks in going, I want to try to make a living as a trainer. Where's the nearest 24-hour fitness to hire me? Uh, you know, I don't think that they're seeing the opportunity. And that, I think that's where the, the big weakness is and maybe the biggest opportunity for... Oh, for, yeah, uh, the demand actually has grown. If you think about it, Look, if you just look at it over the past 10 years or even 15, but definitely in 10. I mean, 10 years ago, people didn't know what boot camps were in my area, and now they're calling about them. So, I mean, so I mean, the whole the Zumba wasn't even alive either. CrossFit wasn't in my area. So, I mean, there, there's no the demand you could see. If you just look out the window, you could see the demand has grown. So it isn't that's why, that's not why it's failing, because there's less demand for fitness. There's actually ten times more demand. There was no Tough Mudders. There was no, you know, all these uh, races. There was no CrossFit 10 years ago. There was no Zumba 10 years ago. There was no studios. There was, you know, there might have been studios, but not in my area. You know, the demand has boomed when you think about it. There's online DVDs. There's all kinds of things. P90. The demand is is, is greater, greater, has grown. So if you're, 
it's the business aspect that's the failing part, not the fact that people aren't interested in fitness anymore. Yeah, I think we solved exactly. that. <laughs> I think we solved that one. <laughs> well, that's why we're here. I mean, that, that's that what motivates me to keep doing this podcast and. I'm I'm excited every day that we're talking about this stuff. It gets me charged up because I look at all the opportunity and, and how many people we – just think of how many lives that could be changed. Let's say there's just something like this free podcast. You know, right. we, we reach out to a, a trainer that, you know, maybe hasn't been exposed to a lot of this stuff. And because of one idea from today, they get inspired right. to go out and get going and start a boot camp, and they help 10, 20 people get in amazing shape. And just think of who that affects. It's it's not just the trainer, it's not just the ten or twenty clients. It's all of their families around them that are affected, and oftentimes that client goes off and 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 decides to join a five k and brings their three friends along with them who weren't exercising, and and then they're you know telling somebody else to motivating somebody else to work out. So you're you're influencing a lot of people uh, by doing that, and that 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 kind of fires me up. That that's a good reason for us to be on here. <laughs> If we needed that, <laughs> remind me. Yeah, and even my dog got in on the act. He even agreed. He was howling in the background. I, sorry about that. He, <laughs> he got all excited. Yeah. That's so well, Georgia, funny. this has been this has been awesome. Do you have a? I, we're we're just about out of time. So, do you have any uh, final thoughts or any last things you wanted to talk about? Mm, no, not really. I think you got everything out of me today. <laughs> awesome. I really did. Yep. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, um, I guess uh, if for those of you listening for the first time, you can find us on iTunes. Please, uh, please do leave us a review on there, and uh, so that people can find this. Uh, and also, we are on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, you can you can leave reviews there as well, I believe, and, and uh, follow us there. And uh, definitely go to the website, thefitnessbootcampclub.com. Fantastic blog, and and thefitnessbootcampinnercircle.com which is a direct, uh, you know, pathway to our our our, our uh, inner circle group, which is a uh, Facebook group, um, a private Facebook group for people that are extremely interested in this topic and they're serious and they want to actually build a business and, and uh, not just earn a living, but build a real business and and uh, achieve their their uh, fitness business goals uh, through uh, boot camps and, and through a really cool uh, mastermind type group. So, with that, uh, I'll let you have the final word anyway, Georgette. Okay. Um, uh, also, for fitness, I will bring this up for the fitness boot camp business. If somebody wanted to get started, they could go to Sure Victory, my Sure Victory product, which is thefitnessbootcamp.com, and that also gives them access to the inner circle. So to get some, you know, coaching and get started on the business aspect of it, just wanted to drop that link. Awesome. <laughs> Self promotion. <Perfect. laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. See you next time. Okay. Okay. Bye bye.